Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Rapid Fire on this Monday, August 30th. My name is Savannah Hernandez, your host for the next hour as we delve into the subversion of America. Now, I stumbled upon an old interview from 1984 of KGB defector and propagandist expert Yuri Bezmenov, who talked about the four stages of ideological subversion and how communist countries would use these stages of ideological subversion to destroy a country from within. Thin. Now, we're going to be talking about Afghanistan news today and COVID lockdown news. And many people are asking, how did America deteriorate so quickly? We're only seven months into Biden's administration, and we're seeing this completely botched withdrawal from Afghanistan. Americans still stranded over there. Uh, the U.S. has officially withdrawn from Afghanistan, but that entire situation since last Thursday, when the Kabul airport was targeted by ISIS suicide bombers that left several casualties, multiple dead, including 13 U.S. service members. Since last Thursday, that entire situation has just devolved so quickly. And on top of that, we're also dealing with COVID lockdowns and restrictions. How did America get to this point? We're going to be talking about all of that today using these four stages of subversion to talk about how we have gotten here because this is not the result of just one bad leader. Now, before we get into that, I would like to give a special shout out to our sponsor of the show, Virtual Shield VPN. Remember, guys, that if you guys click the link below or go to virtualshield.com forward slash sav, you guys can get 50% off for life from this VPN. You guys can get it for $2.50 a month over a 24-month period. I really like this VPN. It's effective. It's affordable. It is great for protecting your privacy and your data. So go ahead and sign up right now. This is a VPN that I use for myself to keep my data protected. That way, when I'm looking things up, you know, like some fluffy slippers, I'm not getting advertisements for three to five days on every single platform that I'm using. Uh, go get Virtual Shield VPN right now. Again, 50% off for life if you guys click that link below. This is a VPN that I use for myself. I would highly recommend because it is compatible with all devices and very effective. And that's a great price to protect your privacy and your data. Now let's go ahead and get into the show with again, starting off uh, with Yuri Bezmenov, who I stumbled upon on YouTube. Surprisingly, I found this old interview from 1984, and he lays out the four stages of a communist takeover of a country, and he lays out the ideological subversion that these communist countries would use to destroy a country from within, to um, you know, indoctrinate and weaken nations from within. And I was thinking about this because many people keep asking me, how did we get to this point in America? We've only been in the Biden administration for about seven months. So how did things deteriorate so quickly? And I would have to say that this is by design. This isn't just Joe Biden being a bad or weak leader. This is by design. It's by subversion and listening to these four stages of subversion that again, this KGB defector laid out back in the 1980s. It lays out exactly what America is currently going through down to the T and it's absolutely insane. So I just want to go ahead and uh, read off to you guys some of these notes that I took. We'll run through this and then we'll go through the Afghanistan and COVID news with this mentality of the four stages of subversion in mind. Because remember, America is a military superpower. It's very difficult to attack the United States from the outside because that would lead to World War III. But it's much easier to Trojan horse it, if you will, and destroy America from within, subvert our entire culture and our entire way of living from within. Now, Yuri Bezmenov talks about the demoralization, okay, that being stage one is demoralizing the people. And he said that this takes about 15 to 20 years, because that's how long it takes to reeducate an entire generation. Now think back to like what the 90s, the early 2000s, we weren't dealing with or living with many of the issues that we are living with today. So in that 50 to 20 year time frame, it seems like we're right on track. He also talks about the targeting of religion, uh, replacing traditional organizations with fake organizations, uh, attack on education. He talks about teaching children alternate history or about sexuality instead of mathematics and science and you know creating a very prosperous and educated society. He talks about social life, taking personal responsibility away from people, um, attack on the power structure, putting into place a person or organization not elected by the people, or you know putting people in power despite the will of the people. I mean, 
what what do you guys think about that? Take a look around in regards to this administration. Many people feel that Joe Biden has been put in place despite the will of the people. So again, another stage in these four stages of ideological subversion and how to destroy a country from within. And then finally, he, he touches on law enforcement and the destruction and destabilization of law and order in a country. So I stumbled upon this interview from 1984 and I was like, what the hell? This lays out word for word exactly what is happening in America right now. And look at Joe Biden as a leader. Many people, many commentators keep on saying, don't pay attention to Afghanistan. It's just a distraction. And I I kept wondering, okay, how is a distraction? What is it a distraction from? And it isn't a distraction per se to me, in my opinion. It's more an example of the stage of subversion that we're in in our society today and the complete destabilization of America. And we're seeing that via Joe Biden, a puppet president who has no idea what's going on, who has done an awful job since this last Thursday of dealing with our entire country. Let's go ahead and now get into the news. Um, I want to play this video for you guys, and it's basically just going to be a run through of the 13 U.S. service members that died in Kabul when a ISIS suicide bomber targeted the airport over there. As you guys can see, we have uh, Jared Schmitz, 20, Hunter Lopez, 22, uh, Dagan Page, 23, Ryan Nouse, 23. Uh, So look at the ages of these U.S. service members that died. They're very young. They died over there. And this did not need to happen. This was a response of Joe Biden's Bosch withdrawal from Afghanistan. And this could have been completely avoided. But because this was done by design and our entire society right now is in a stage of destabilization and Joe Biden is again just a step in that process this is the result of that and this is what we are seeing so um, my condolences to all of the families and again just um, to all of the service members that gave their life in Kabul. Our hearts go out to the families. Our condolences go out to the families because these people did give it all and they didn't have to die, but Joe Biden did this. And every single person who did vote for Joe Biden should feel somewhat complicit in these service members' deaths. So just a recap of the Afghanistan situation since last Thursday, 13 U.S. service members have died. On top of that, the head of CENTCOM is now explaining that we have been relying on the Taliban for security in Kabul. Um, so apparently our intelligence officials have been talking with the Taliban in regards to how to keep Americans safe. And they have been working with the Taliban. Last show, we talked about how the US has said that the Taliban is the official government of Afghanistan, and they're recognizing them as such. And apparently, we now have CENTCOM explaining that we've been relying on the Taliban for security of these stranded Americans in Kabul. And this was as of last Thursday, but it gets so much worse than that. On top of that, apparently Joe Biden admitted to giving the Taliban a kill list of Afghans who aided the U.S. Now, what ended up happening was that Um, the president handed the Taliban a kill list to target Afghans who aided the U.S., according to a report on Thursday, and he admitted it may have happened when asked later at the White House briefing. Following the Taliban takeover of Kabul, U.S. officials there gave the Islamic extremist group the names of American citizens, green card holders, and Afghan allies so they could be allowed to enter the Taliban-controlled perimeter around the international airport where people were trying to evacuate from. The decision reportedly, the decision reportedly Reportedly was made despite the Taliban's notorious reputation for brutally executing Afghans who helped the U.S. military and other Western forces during the war and occupation that followed the September 11th terror attacks. So on top of killing our U.S. service members, on top of saying that we are working in cohesion with the Taliban for the security of American citizens, Joe Biden went ahead and straight up gave them a kill list of all of the Afghan allies who were working with us and all of the American citizens that were stranded over in Afghanistan. And if you think it couldn't get worse, well, Biden's administration has since launched drone strikes in Kabul because he did say that we will retaliate against the Taliban. But those strikes ended up killing um, up to 10 people, with seven of those people being children. So apparently, Biden's administration was trying to target ISIS-K and instead targeted an innocent family and killed seven children. And is our media talking about it at all? Is our media coming down hard on Joe Biden about this? Of course they're not. 
Let's keep going. Now, the media, of course, has been trying to ask Joe Biden about this entire situation, ask him about Afghanistan uh, amidst the fact that there is a hurricane that is currently hitting. I believe it is Louisiana. There was 150 mile per hour winds um, and there's complete devastation over there. I believe that has since died down a little bit. But um, Joe Biden was giving some remarks on the hurricane and reporters, of course, were trying to ask about Afghanistan because our withdrawal date was coming. We have since as of today, officially withdrawn. There are still people stranded over there. And uh, the media is trying to ask Joe Biden questions, and this is how he responded. Thank you very much. Thank you, Commissioner. I, I really think it all works. I'm not, I'm not supposed to take any questions, but go ahead. Mr. President, on Afghanistan. I'm not going to answer Afghanistan now. Can you say if you're still in the okay. So that was Joe Biden, the alleged president or leader of the United States, responding to Afghanistan, where, again, U.S. blood was spilled. And keep in mind, too, that when this happened, because it is now Monday and so much has happened since last Thursday. But let me just walk you guys through what happened last Thursday. So Thursday morning, reports came out that there was a suicide bomber that targeted the Kabul airport. There was multiple casualties, um, U.S. casualties at that. We hadn't known at that period of time how many U.S. citizens were killed during that suicide bombing and attack. We just knew there was a lot of casualties and injuries that came out during the morning. We didn't hear from Joe Biden until 5, 5.30 p.m., okay? So we didn't hear from him until the evening, and he was late to his address to the nation in regards to U.S. military members being killed in the Middle East and being targeted by terrorist organization alongside an unknown amount of Americans still being stranded over there. And what was Kamala Harris doing that day? She was in Vietnam talking about climate change and the LGBTQ rights in Vietnam. Nancy Pelosi was live streaming about Women's Equality Day. We didn't hear anything about what was going on in Kabul. Jen Psaki was silent. I think the most that we were hearing that day was from Press Secretary of the Pentagon, John Kirby, who was tweeting a couple things out. Yes, confirmed the Kabul airport has been targeted by an ISIS bomber. Yes, confirmed there was U.S. US casualties. There we go. So that's what was happening last Thursday. And a lot of people were extremely upset because people knew that it was because of Joe Biden's botched withdrawal from Afghanistan that this whole entire situation deteriorated into what it was. And I, I already said it twice, and I'll say it again, that as of today, we have officially withdrawn, and there are still U.S. citizens stranded over there. And we'll get into what uh, Biden's administration had to say about that. You guys aren't going to be happy about it at all. But um, in regards to the 13 U.S. service members that were killed this past weekend um, when their bodies were brought to Dover Air Force Base. This was Joe Biden's response. I'm just going to go ahead and play this B-roll for you for podcast listeners. It is Joe Biden looking down at his watch as these families are waiting for the bodies of their dead family members to come onto the tarmac of the Dover, Dover Air Force Base. That was Joe Biden's response, was to look down at his watch as these family members are waiting for their deceased relatives. So on top of the botched withdrawal, which caused them to die, Joe Biden didn't even have the decency or the respect for these families not to look down at his watch and check what time it was as these families were awaiting the bodies of these 13 service members who gave it all. It's been so difficult to follow this Afghanistan news as well. After seeing the death and destruction this past year and just seeing people getting beat up in the street, I do have a soft spot in my heart for just violence or death, especially to my fellow Americans, because it's never an easy thing to witness or to see. So to watch Joe Biden get up in front of the nation, specifically in front of these families who just lost their their beloved family member for that to be his reaction is absolutely disgusting but of course we would expect nothing less now across the nation this past weekend several restaurants put 13 
drinks out, 13 beers out, 13 shots out for these fallen service members. And, and like I played in that video for you at the beginning of this, many of these service members, I believe it was four of them were only 20 years old. So they weren't even old enough to take a drink, but restaurants across the nation put out drinks and reserved tables for these 13 fallen service members who died in Afghanistan under Joe Biden's leadership and under Joe Biden's decision to withdraw in this way. Now, this is a photo from the Dover Air Force Base of what I'm assuming is a mother as her son comes home or family member as, you know, their family member is delivered back to them. And then we juxtapose that with a picture of Joe Biden looking down at his wristwatch, wondering when it's, you know, time for him to go home. And I usually try to be more lighthearted in regards to my coverage of these things, but it is a very difficult thing to report on when we are seeing these stages of subversion lay out perfectly as communists and Marxist, you know, people and parties have laid them out in the past. Look to history as to why the modern day is the way it is. And we're following those four stages of subversion perfectly. Now, many people are pointing out, too, in regards to Joe Biden looking down at his wrist, wristwatch, they're saying if Donald Trump did this, there would already be an HBO special, three movies, 58 articles out, uh, you know, five books, 11 mainstream media specials. But because it's Joe Biden, it really isn't relevant. Also, where's the squad who is supposed to, supposedly the biggest proponent of women's rights? And women's equality, they've been awfully silent about the fact that Joe Biden has straight up abandoned female American citizens over in Afghanistan, in Taliban-ruled Afghanistan, a country where now if they show their hair, they can be beaten to death, and they have to have a male chaperone before they go out or they make any decisions. They've been oddly quiet about all of this. Last Thursday, too, Rashida Tlaib was tweeting out about the infrastructure bill, completely silent about the fact that U.S. service members died in Kabul or that the fact that there was Americans stranded in Afghanistan. Why? All by design. Now, to bring this news up to date, again, the last U.S. plane departed Kabul airport, leaving behind hundreds of Americans. We did not get out everybody we wanted to get out. And that is a quote from our top U.S. military general. And I just want to play, uh, you know, a, a clip here, too, and a quote of the response to this. And you guys will have to bear with me this stream because I can't open up too many tabs because, as you guys saw last time, my computer is running very slowly. So just give me a second to uh, open up a couple of these other things here. But basically... Um, what we're going to be getting to next is the video of how, let me, let me just bring this up right here. Sorry, guys. One day I'll get a computer that actually works and um, then you guys won't have to deal with this anymore. But basically the video that I'm looking for, and I just don't even really have the energy to like go through this whole entire script today because you guys know that I usually try to lay out all of these articles and videos for you of everything that is going on. But it's been a lot to cover this news and I don't know how you guys are feeling. Let me know in the comments, but I feel very emotional about this. Just watching the complete deterioration and destruction of our country in live time. It's quite a difficult thing to live through and to see. Um, and again, finding this tweet now, um, this is from the Pentagon earlier today regarding American citizens that were evacuated as the U.S. planes left today, um, this was their response to, to the media who was asking, hey, are there still Americans that are stranded over there? So we, no, no American citizens came out on the last, what we call the joint tactical exfiltration, the last uh, five jets to leave. Uh, we, we maintained the ability to bring them in up until immediately before departure, but we were not able to bring any Americans out. That activity ended probably about 12 hours before our exit. Although we continue the outreach and would have been prepared to, to bring them on until the very last minute, but none of them made it to the airport and were able to be and were able to be accommodated. 
Okay, so there you guys go. Um, if Americans weren't able to make it to the airport, they just got stranded and left in Kabul. And remember last week, too, that uh, Jen Psaki was saying Americans aren't stranded over there. It's really uncharacteristic of Fox News to label this entire situation that way. And it's, uh, you know, a mischaracterization of the entire situation. Well, again, fast forwarding to today, if Americans didn't make it to the airport, well, they kind of got left over there. Also quoted U.S. General McKenzie saying very few hundreds of of U.S. citizens were left behind, and at least 2,000 hardcore ISIS fighters are now roaming Afghanistan. Very few hundreds of Americans left behind. And remember, again, just last week we were told Americans aren't stranded over there, and the Atlantic is also coming forward, and Politico is saying that the White House wants a pat on the back, and they want their accolades for handling the situation as greatly as they did. I wish I was joking about that, but that is a direct quote from these articles and headlines. Let me go ahead and pull some of them for you guys. But this has just been one of the most disastrous withdrawals, and I want to show you guys as well what we did leave these American citizens in because the Taliban is since celebrating our withdrawal by just shooting rifles into the air and just firing weapons off into the air. That is how they decided to celebrate the fact that after 20 years and trillions, the U.S. has finally withdrawn from Afghanistan. So, um, let me open this up for here for you guys here um, on top of our own military just and government not giving a damn about American citizens and leaving them over there. People are also reporting that the private contractors are, you know, private American people who are trying to get out their fellow Americans, they're being blocked from doing that. John Cardillo says, I'm hearing from people very close to TF Pineapple that the State Department is actively blocking the private extractions of American by our private operators. Why? Why is the U.S. government leaving Americans stranded to be killed in Afghanistan? Something very sinister is going on, and multiple people are reporting this. Uh, for example, Glenn Beck it went to Afghanistan last week on his own plane to go rescue Christian Afghanis who were left and stranded over there, and he was reporting the exact same thing that he was running into issues with the, the U.S. officials saying that he's not allowed to bring the people that he rescues back over. So the U.S. is basically going to leave American citizens stranded over there. And if anyone else tries to go rescue them, well, tough luck. Sorry, you can't bring them back over. So in regards to last week, too, we didn't hear from Joe Biden until 5 p.m. the day of that bombing when we had already heard reports of it that morning. Well, now that the U.S. has officially withdrawn from Afghanistan, no, we haven't heard from Joe Biden today. And we're not going to be hearing from Joe Biden, you know, tomorrow morning either. We're going to be hearing from the president of the United States tomorrow afternoon. Why is that? It's because his administration and, you know, his gay White House intern, they need time to really think about and deliberate and articulate what they want to say to the American people and how to, you know, write it out as easily as possible since Joe Biden is literally unable to keep his eyes open for longer than two minutes. So, no, even though after 20 years and trillions of dollars spent, we have finally officially withdrawn from Afghanistan, we're still not going to be hearing from the president until tomorrow afternoon. On top of that, Let's go ahead and take a peek at what we left American citizens in because there are still hundreds. Some people are saying allegedly maybe even thousands. We don't know the exact number of people stranded. Let's look at the situation that they, we left them in. So this is a video of what many people are presuming is a U.S. helicopter because many uh, were left over in Afghanistan and taken over by the Taliban. This is a video of a person hanging from a helicopter. So this is the situation that we left many American citizens in. And just to, you know, further elaborate on this situation, Taliban appears to fly U.S. Black Hawk helicopter over Kandahar. The Afghan Air Force reportedly had 167 operational aircraft, including 33 Black Hawk attack helicopters before the Taliban took over. So just to give you guys a refresher of how many U.S. taxpayer-funded weapons and 
operational aircraft and vehicles were left to the Taliban. And that is the situation over there. The Taliban is now what it looks like hanging people from these helicopters and flying them around because, you know, just just a reminder, just a refresher, this is a terrorist organization and a terrorist group. Now, the Biden administration is a complete laughingstock, and we keep on seeing this meme of the White House intern with his long ghetto fingernails holding an iPhone up to his his um, ear. People keep circulating it as a meme with quotes like, looks like we bombed a bunch of kids instead of ISIS. Should I take a message, Jen? Or, hey, Jen, if we accidentally killed a family of 10. Oops, what should I tell the press? So remember that instead of focusing on her job, remember that instead of this administration focusing on the American people, they've been focusing on propping up the LGBTQ community and making TikToks and highlighting and promoting and platforming people like this. And now this administration is an entire international laughingstock. But of course, that is by design, just like we laid out at the beginning of this show. And I also want to make the point too, because a lot of people are asking, why would Joe Biden leave this situation the way it is? It's it's deteriorated so quickly. It is because Joe Biden does not care about the American people. And why is that? Because he was not elected by the American people. So why would he? This administration does not care about America. And they've made that apparent in their rhetoric over the past decades. They don't care about the average middle American. They don't care about the economy. They don't care about you or me. They don't care about people stranded in the Middle East. They were not elected by the American people. Therefore, they don't care about the American people. Now let's go ahead and take a look at some of the uh, refugees that Biden is bringing into our country because on top of having a wide open southern border, we're also taking in hundreds uh, hundreds of thousands of refugees from these foreign countries. This comes out from Breitbart Today. Report, Biden brings convicted Afghan rapists deported by Trump back to the U.S. A convicted Afghan rapist deported by former President Donald Trump's administration was reportedly brought back to the United States thanks to President Joe Biden's massive resettlement operation out of Afghanistan. And this is a 47-year-old Afghan national um, as a part of Biden's Afghanistan resettlement operation where tens of thousands and potentially hundreds of thousands of Afghans are being brought to the U.S. for permanent resettlement. Uh, apparently, this 47-year-old was flagged by federal officials after it was revealed that he had been deported from the U.S. in 2017 after serving time for a rape conviction. So I'm not saying that all of the refugees coming from Afghanistan are all bad, but I am saying that when you bring over thousands of people unvetted, that those are the types of people that are going to be coming over into America. And to top all of that off, we still have wide open borders. And most importantly, we still have American citizens that were for some reason not prioritized over Afghan people being brought over to America. Because as it still stands, the U.S. has officially withdrawn from Afghanistan. And if you are an American citizen who is still over there, well, sorry you didn't make it to the airport on time, per our own Pentagon. And as much as I would like to say this administration should be ashamed of themselves, this is a complete atrocity. I've never seen anything like this in my whole entire life. Look at the four stages of subversion and tell me that this isn't laid out perfectly the way any Marxist leader or any communist leader would want it to be laid out. America, again, a country so strong that you can't attack it from the outside, you have to attack the United States from within. You have to attack our cultural institutions and turn American versus and against American. And <laughs> whichever country is subverting America, because there's many and multiple that want to do that, which again is why we had seen that report of Osama bin Laden back in, I believe it was 2010 or 2012, talking about how if Joe Biden became the leader of the US, it would completely destabilize the entire country. It's because these foreign countries, these foreign powers are watching the US and they know what would happen if the US was destabilized. They know what would happen if certain people were put in power and they know which people should be used to, again, lay out those stages of subversion and to destroy and kill America from within. And that's exactly what is happening. Now, Jesse Kelly lays out, uh, because a lot of people are talking about uh, Bagram Air Force Base and why Joe Biden pulled our military out of this strategic base first, because normally you would pull, uh, you know, the American civilians out and then you would pull our equipment out. 
and then you would pull the military out last. Uh, again, that might not be in the, the exact order, but basically the military comes out last. Joe Biden basically reversed that and withdrew uh, people from Afghanistan in the absolute worst way possible. So Jeff Carlson asks, um, we've asked this many times, why would Biden abandon Bagram Airfield on July 5th at night without informing Afghans, without destroying equipment left behind? That closure should have been the last thing done. Instead, it was the first. Hard to chalk that up to mere incompetence. Uh, Jesse Kelly says Biden left Bagram without getting our civilians out first for a very simple reason. There is no love of country. Therefore, everything is political with no thought to our people or our nation. They wanted a political win for the se September 11th anniversary. Patriotism matters. 100% patriotism does matter because when you put somebody in office who isn't patriotic, this is exactly what you get. And it is a picture of Joe Biden's week in four different slides. Slide number one, we have Joe Biden with the Prime Minister of Israel, and we will get to that video in a second. And this man is straight up asleep for a minute. That sounds crazy, but I'll play the video for you here momentarily. You have Joe Biden turning his back not only to the press, but the American people who were stranded in Kabul, and more importantly, the family members of the U.S. military that was killed over there under his watch. You have Joe Biden in his moment of silence after finally addressing the nation after the service members died. He looks completely weak, completely incompetent, and watching his address to the nation as this happened, you think he would have had ample time to prepare and to try to pretend to be emotional, but he looked so deadpan. He looked so emotionless. You could tell he was reading off of a teleprompter. And then finally, in our last slide, we see Joe Biden looking down at his watch at the Dover Air Force Base as the bodies of the 13 dead U.S. military members were delivered to their families on that tarmac. So that is Joe Biden's leadership in four pictures, and that was Joe Biden's week. Um, I love it when I pull up tweets for the show and I try to show you guys videos, and then all of a sudden... It's it's just gone. It's just deleted off the face of the earth. Um, and you know what it was was that was deleted? It was this tweet from this insane person who was trying to equate the suicide bombers in Kabul to anti-maskers. I will use that tweet to segue into um, our COVID news because it's absolute insanity to see what is going on. Now to segue, we're going to use this tweet from Arnie Duncan, who is the author of a book called How Schools Work. And I believe he was also a part of Obama's like education um, administration, and all of that. So basically this man is tied to um, education in schools, right? He writes this the other day. Have you noticed how strikingly similar both the mindsets and actions are between the suicide bombers at Kabul's airport and the anti-mask and anti-vax people here? They both blow themselves up, inflict harm on those around them, and are convinced they are fighting for freedom. So I just wanted to share one of the most brain-dead and psychopathic tweets I've ever read in my life, because if I'm going to lose brain cells, you guys are going to lose brain cells too. So that is your average American. Like Jesse Kelly said, patriotism matters. And why is that? Because, well, not in regards to this patriotism, not that this man would be a patriot, and I'm not tying patriotism to this, but if we had a country that was focused on teaching our students patriotism, teaching our students love of country, and teaching our students a basic science and common knowledge and common sense, we wouldn't have to deal with tweets or people like this. Oh, and last thing too, before we get off of the Afghanistan uh, situation, many of the headlines that were coming out from our media were of course about how Afghanistan is your fault. Afghanistan really isn't the fault of Joe Biden and we really shouldn't be blaming him to be quite honest. Let me just pull up a couple of these headlines here for y'all. Um, Again, the Atlantic coming out very quickly with the headline that Afghanistan is your fault because, of course, we couldn't blame Joe Biden for this situation in the slightest. Absolutely not. Accountability for this administration? Unheard of. The Atlantic, again, Biden deserves credit, not blame for Afghanistan. Americans should feel proud of what the U.S. government and military have accomplished in these past two weeks. And then finally, political says that the White House to the media, we want our props on Afghanistan. The president and his team have taken it on the chin for the past week. Now amid a massive evacuation effort, they want kudos too. So that was this administration. Jen Psaki came forward during her press conference and was saying that, hey, I think that we've done a stellar job with our evacuation of Afghanistan. And someone pointed out, you don't get to sink the ship and then take credit for you know the the evacuation boats that you're giving to the people because that's basically what Jen Psaki 
was saying and doing and what this entire administration was doing. And to top it all off, just the cherry on top of the cake in regards to our media, this is the headline that Vice decided to put out the day that 13 U.S. service members were killed in Afghanistan. While many vets are being outed as far-right extremists, one branch keeps popping up when it comes to neo-Nazis, the United States Marine Corps. I shit you not, the day that our service members died in Afghanistan, this is what Vice decided to come out with. How the Marines are neo-Nazis and how our military members are far-right extremists. Why? Because... Going back to those four stages of subversion, the media is a part of that. The media is complicit in that. And the media is a staple in subverting our own military against us, our own, us against each other. It's just, it's absolutely insane, everybody. It's just absolutely insane. And again, so many people keep trying to say, oh, it's Joe Biden. He's a bad leader. This is just because of him under Trump. This wouldn't happen, blah, blah, blah. Under Trump, this wouldn't happen. I would agree with that because Donald Trump had common sense and he would not have withdrawn from Afghanistan the way that Joe Biden did. But in regards to Donald Trump being in office and what we saw under Donald Trump versus where we are now, we're still on track to the complete destruction of America and complete chaos. And that is why we're seeing what we're currently seeing. Now, give me a couple seconds here to open up a couple more tabs because we're going to be getting into COVID news now. And um, again, we already knew that when the government was able to take away our rights and freedoms, when they were finally able to do that, they weren't going to let go of the ability to do that very easily, which is why we're seeing videos like this come out right now. Um, this is from Justin Trudeau of Canada from this climate, this uh, COVID crisis, we will be applying to the climate crisis, to the housing crisis, to reconciliation, to making sure that everyone has good jobs and careers that carry them through and create opportunities for their kids. What we learned from this climate, this uh, COVID crisis, we will be applying to the climate crisis. To the okay, I'm sorry. I just had to kind of let that replay again just so we could all digest and hear exactly what we already knew was the plan all along. And I knew that videos and quotes like this were going to come out. So none of it is surprising because I was already seeing articles uh, earlier last year when people and fear around COVID started to die down. We started seeing articles about climate change pop back up and how when we were all shut down, the earth and, you know, our climate was able to restabilize and maybe we're going to need lockdowns to make sure that we can keep the earth's temperature at a healthy level. Now we're seeing Justin Trudeau come out and saying, oh, we're going to be applying these lockdowns to climate change and housing crises and any other crisis that the government can come up with. And none of us are surprised about this in the slightest, but they are now saying it out loud because they know they can get away with it. Why? Because the average citizen was subservient, bowed down to the government and allowed their rights to be taken away. So what would stop the government from coming in and doing this again? Now, going into the mandatory vaccinations that are not only ripping their way through America, but also across the globe, Israel, one of the most vaccinated countries in the world, is saying it no longer considers people who have received two Pfizer vaccines vaccinated. As of September 1st, only three vaccinations are considered immune. And there you guys go. I just want to let you know that that's the exact blueprint for America as well. Because you guys thought this was going to end when you got your two vaccinations. Absolutely not. Now you're going to need a booster shot every six months. And whether or not you have that booster shot is going to determine if you can be a part of normal society. Now, before we get into a, a couple more headlines here, I do want to talk about how I have several friends and family members who are now either just straight up getting the vaccination because they don't want to deal with getting fired or getting fired or getting kicked out of school for not getting the vaccine. That is the point that we have reached in society. It is here. There is no more turning off politics. There's no more getting away from it. There's no more escape. It has infiltrated its way into every single American's life. And I will say this, 
until I'm blue in the face and until people finally get it and stand up. We will keep on getting vaccinated. We will keep on getting pushed to do this. And we will keep on having our lives destroyed until the masses decide to stand up and wake up and push back against this. And it will take the vaccinated getting one, two, three, four, five booster shots and finally getting tired of feeling sick and like their immune system is a subscription service. It will finally take that portion of the population standing up for us to finally get out of this. Now, before we get into American news and the insanity going on over here, we'll touch a little bit more on international. Apparently, Australia is ending that COVID zero policy because they're saying it's not a sustainable way to live. Why are they ending this zero COVID policy? Well, I have a couple of friends in Australia and they were telling me that it's because the government can't explain why vaccinated people are still getting COVID. So now they're saying, oh, well, it's not a sustainable way to live. So now we just kind of have to, uh, you know, move restrictions and guidelines uh, to cover our ass because we lied to people for so long and we kept them locked down. But still more insanity coming from Sydney as uh, breaking from September 13th, North South Wales residents that are fully vaccinated against COVID-19 will be given new freedoms. Residents of hotspots can leave their home for an hour of recreation on top of their exercise hour, while people in other areas can meet five others outdoors. There you guys go. If you are subservient, if you obey daddy government and you do exactly what you're supposed to do, then instead of one hour of recreational free time, you can get two hours. You know, there's an episode of Black Mirror where they have a social credit system and it's exactly like this where they are rewarded and they can pick and choose like okay well today I want time to go outside or today I want um you know not just like a little soy block for my dinner I want an actual chicken wing Black Mirror and all of these dystopian reality TV shows or TV shows are now real life why are they real life? Because look to Hollywood for what is happening in society. It is kind of crazy. And, and Alex Jones talks about this a lot too, how movies are essentially the blueprint and they're kind of like a um, a trailer to what is actually happening in society. But because it's a movie, it's like people explaining in plain sight what they're actually doing to us, but everyone thinks it's just entertainment. And then a decade later, we're all living under a social credit system and we're all now having to download apps on our phones to show the government whether or not we're vaccinated and uh, you know whether or not we can get higher or lower social credit points. Now, bringing it back home, I want to talk about a lot of headlines that are going to be coming out because a lot of scary things are happening. And I think that a lot of people can be very easily manipulated with the way that the media is reporting on vaccinations. And uh, more specifically, deaths of the unvaccinated, because we're seeing a lot of headlines like this one. He always followed her. Polk husband dies a few days after wife's death. Both tested positive for COVID-19. And the Twitter headline actually read that they were both unvaccinated. And then I went ahead and I looked into this article. And this husband and wife who were unvaccinated and died from COVID, well, one, I'm not trying to be rude in this, but I will highlight that they both look like they are overweight, which in itself puts you at a more at-risk category for dying of COVID. And on top of that, apparently, and of course you have to read um, how many paragraphs down into this article to find out that, you know what, I can't even find it here. Let me see. Um, heart. There we go. So the underlying conditions of this couple, and again, you have to read about four or five paragraphs down, the couple had underlying health conditions. Norma was diagnosed with emphysema, which means that I believe the air sacs in her lungs were already, they already had issues. And then Elio, her husband, had heart issues, and they both struggled with diabetes. So when you read this type of article on Twitter, the immediate headline that you're going to read on, oh my gosh, look how many freaking paragraphs down this was, okay? This is two full mouse scrolls down into this article to finally read that they were suffering from underlying conditions that already targeted their lungs and heart and that they were both suffering from diabetes. But the immediately the immediate headline that you'll read is unvaccinated people die from COVID. They wish they had gotten the vaccine, but they didn't do it. And now it's too late because that's the whole entire beginning of this article. So I wanted to highlight this for you guys because you guys are going to continue to see headlines like this come out. Unvaccinated person dies. Unvaccinated person in hospital wishes they could have gotten the vaccine. But when you read into these articles, you'll see that these are not healthy people. They had underlying conditions, heart conditions, lung conditions, or they were morbidly obese. Now, um, the Washington Post also put out this headline last week. And again, 
On Twitter, you would just read the headline that says carnival passenger who tested positive for coronavirus on cruise dies. And of course, you would immediately say, oh, if we had just listened and not let Ron DeSantis allow cruises to keep going, we wouldn't have people dying and testing positive for coronavirus on cruises. Well, if you read down into this article, too, you'll read that she was a 77 year old woman. She died after contracting the coronavirus. She didn't get it on the cruise ship. And all 27 people who tested positive on said cruise ship were vaccinated, according to health authorities in Belize, one of the ship's destinations. So when you guys see these scary headlines and articles, it is very imperative that you read into them because this is the way that the media uses fear to dictate how society will think and decide on their actions. Because you know the headlines that aren't going to be shown by the mainstream media? Ones like this one, previous COVID prevents Delta infection better than the Pfizer shot. Early data from Israel shows natural immunity wanes with time. People who recovered from COVID may face lower risk from the Delta. People who recovered from a bout of COVID-19 during one of the earlier waves of the pandemic appear to have a lower risk of contracting the Delta variant than those who got two doses of the vaccine from Pfizer, Inc., and Biotech. The largest real-world analysis comparing natural immunity gained from an earlier infection to the protection provided by one of the most potent vaccines currently in use showed that reinfections were much less common. The paper from researchers in Israel contracts with earlier contrasts with earlier studies, which showed that immunizations offered better protection than an earlier infection, though those studies were not of the Delta variant. So there you guys go. These are not the type of headlines that you're going to see highlighted by the mainstream media. Um, this type of headline is not one that you're going to be seeing highlighted by the mainstream media. U.S. FDA says Moderna COVID-19 vaccine fact sheet has since been updated. And since YouTube likes to censor, let's go ahead and go to that fact sheet ourselves. Now, um, let me go ahead and look this up right here. Myocarditis. So as you guys can see, the update to the Moderna vaccine is that post-marketing data demonstrate increased risk of myocarditis and pericarditis, particularly within seven days following the second dose. The observed risk is higher among males under 40 years of age than among females and older males. So just wanted to go ahead and give you guys that update to the Moderna COVID um, pamphlets there and safety pamphlets and uh, we went directly to the source so that way youtube can't say hey you're fake news where are you reading that from oh you know just from the actual fda's update saying that moderna is ca causing myocarditis and pericarditis in males under the age of 40 which let me remind you is heart inflammation we had 12 to 17 year old boys who were suffering from heart attack like symptoms after getting their vaccinations and uh, of course, everyone was pushing this vaccine on us before all of that research came out. And keep in mind, too, that a lot of the research for these vaccines is not coming out until 2023, I believe, and even later than that. So the full conclusive research behind how these vaccines will affect the average person is still inconclusive, but it's FDA approved and now everyone's being forced to get it. On top of that, this is how the average person is being treated for not wanting to put a face mask on. Uh, this is a video from the University of Tennessee, Chattanooga. He was dragged out of his class for not wearing a mask. And uh, there's laughing crowds who are taking this video. Let's go ahead and watch this quick clip here. Um, yeah. Um, there's not much commentary, but it's basically a police officer going up to this student who is unmasked. And he's like, look, I agree with what you're doing here, but you got to put the face mask on. And uh, the student refuses to comply. And that results in this security guard dragging the student out of his classroom. And everyone's laughing at him. So that is how our students are being treated now if they refuse to wear a face mask. On top of that, we have judges revoking custody of mothers who refuse to get vaccinated. Now, the latest update on this story is that the judge has since rescinded this and said that the mother can have custody of her child. But for 
A period of time, a judge in Illinois revoked a mother's custody of her son due to her status of being unvaccinated. During a virtual court hearing earlier this month, Cook County Judge James Shapiro asked Rebecca Furlitt if she had received a COVID-19 vaccination. She said she had not due to having adverse reactions to vaccines in the past. She And then the judge ruled that she could not see her 11-year-old son until she received the vaccination. So that's the point we've gotten to in society. You can get dragged out of your classroom for not wearing a mask or even getting kicked out of school if you're not vaccinated. And also the government can take custody away from you for your children if you decide to have autonomy over your own body. Let's keep going. Brother and sister, and this is in a high school in California, have since been banned for not wearing face masks. Now they are trying to say that, um, you know, via religious exemption, they should not have to wear their face masks. And they are directly quoted saying that um, the Bible says we're made in the image of God and Satan tries to cover that up. A mask is a sign of oppression. If it was Muslim, Jewish, or something of the more high profile minority religion in this country, yes, they would have accommodated just to say they weren't discriminating based on that religion, but they feel safe because it's Christianity. So this is a Christian um, brother and sister who were trying to say for for religious purposes, they did not want to wear the face mask. And so they have since been banned from their school. Apparently, they are still allowed access to uh, virtual learning. But um, the parent is reporting that teachers have been very difficult to work with. And they're basically making these poor students live hell because they refuse to wear the face mask. Because we're what two years into this, and we're, we're still doing this to our students. And let's take a look at how the media is still reporting on this. Unlike Lollapalooza in Chicago, which remember over 300,000 people in attendance, the Sturgis Motorcycle Rally was the perfect storm for a vaccine era super spreader event. So our media once again tried and true. They did this last year and they're doing it again this year. If it's a big left-leaning like super cool hipster event, totally can't spread COVID. But if it's like a motorcycle rally or a place where right-wingers are going to be, it's a super spreader event, just like all the Trump you know, rallies last year, super gross, super spreader events. There were COVID amoebas everywhere. If you actually zoomed into the COVIDs via microscope, you could see the tiny MAGA hats on them. Disgusting. That's how our media reports on COVID super spreader events. So if you guys did, if you guys needed another reason as to why all of this was complete BS and hypocrisy, which I know you don't because you watch my show and we already highlight all of this every single day. But if you needed another reason, or example as to why this is all BS. There you guys go. Yahoo News. Ugh, throw it in the trash. And this is what we're subjecting our kids to. So yes, you saw that college student getting dragged out for not wearing a face mask. You saw the high school students being banned for not wanting to wear their face masks. Well, for the kids who are in school, for the kids whose parents are still forcing them to follow this nonsense, or maybe don't even know this is happening to their child, kids at Will Wildwood Elementary in Minnesota are practicing the zombie walk to keep them safe as they go to the cafeteria. And as you guys can see in this photo, it's little kids with their arms stretched out and they're all wearing face masks. One of these little kids even has a face mask and a face shield on and they have their arms stretched out as to keep a safe social distance from each other as they walk to the school cafeteria. So this is what our children are being subjected to for yet a second year and as just a thought on twitter highlights because many people in the like comedy sphere and the music sphere are saying hey we don't want to have to discriminate against our fans or against american citizens based on vaccination status because that's absolutely ridiculous as just a thought on twitter highlights so let me get this straight eric clapton is calling out the system for these insane vaccine mandates and rage against the machine is set to headline coachella with its proof of vaccination requirement and yes that in itself is a perfect just example of where our society has gotten to. That is the stage of subversion that we are currently at. America has successfully destroyed itself from within. And I'm going to read to you guys three more headlines and then we'll go ahead and wrap up for the night just to really highlight and show how the stages of subversion have been more than successful in this country. And we're seeing that with each passing day, like this headline from the New York Post highlights, teacher removed U.S. flag from class, encouraged students to pledge to the gay pride banner. 
A California teacher is being investigated for saying she removed the U.S. flag from her classroom and encouraged students to instead pledge allegiance to a gay pride banner, district officials said. The teacher, identified in reports as Kristen Pitson, said in a video shared on Friday that her students have options as they recite the Pledge of Allegiance during her third period English class. I always tell my class, stand if you feel like it, don't stand if you feel like it, say the words if you don't. If you want to, you don't have to say the words. So my class decided to stand, but not to say the words. Totally fine. And then she decided to say, you know, that she put up her her gay pride flag and she's encouraging her students to pledge to the gay pride banner. Also in certain schools across the U.S., students are being sent home with a slip. Cassandra Fairbanks posted this on her Twitter account. Students are being sent home with a slip that parents have to sign to give their kids permission to cite the Pledge of Allegiance in classrooms or to opt out of it. So we've now reached a point in the subversion of America where we are now asking parents if students can recite the allegiance to the country in which they live in. Now, on top of that, because, uh, you know, what a lot of people are highlighting, too, in regards to Afghanistan, bringing it back to that whole thing, in regards to all of these unvetted people being brought into our country and our borders being wide open and the political persecution taking place against people who attended the rallies on January 6th, or who even were walking on the capitals on January 6th, a lot of people are speculating that, again, this whole entire mixture of just chaos is being used to bring in the crackdown on domestic terrorism here in the U.S. Because when we bring in unvetted Middle Eastern people, and then, you know, an alleged terror attack, you know, could happen in America, or we're just trying to crack down even more on domestic terrorism. Uh, that's how that's going to happen. It's just, again, by the complete destabilization of our country. I saw this on Twitter today. FBI is showing up at a man's property over his Facebook group. Now, this is a three-part TikTok that he put up, and the FBI showed up to his house to question him regarding a Facebook group that he was a part of. That is what our intelligence resources are being aimed towards, domestic terrorism. And on top of that, we're bringing in unvetted people all across the world into our country to further destabilize it. So now when there's complete chaos in America, who is the crackdown going to be on top of? Not people in the Middle East, not people in China, people in America, people here at home. You know, did you guys know that I didn't even know that it wasn't normal and that there was a period of time where TSA wasn't a thing and that you could go to the airport in the past without taking your shoes off and without getting all of your stuff scanned. I was pretty young when 9-11 happened and I didn't realize that that wasn't a normal and commonplace thing. And again, going back to Yuri Besmanov and what he talks about, he talks about taking the uh, normalcy of a society and reimagining it again to to kind of match whatever stage of subversion that you're in. And that's what we're doing here in America. And the TSA and the fact that we have to be thoroughly vetted every single time we go to the airport is an example of that, because an entire generation has since been raised not knowing that the TSA wasn't a normal thing. That's just an everyday, you know, normal part of our life. It's not government overreach at all. Another common thing for this, you know, upcoming generation is maybe your bank canceling on you because they don't like your political beliefs. This came out today. Chase Bank cancels its credit card accounts with General Flynn, citing possible reputational risk to their company in case there was any doubt what is happening in this country. And I, I wanted to highlight this because there will be a generation of Americans that is raised up to think that you being pushed out or kicked out of a restaurant, fired from your job, or kicked out of school based on vaccination status is a normal thing. There will be an entire generation of Americans raised to think that if a bank wants to cut you off, kick you out, or if uh, you know a business wants to bar you from being a part of the public space for the rest of your life, that that's just a commonplace thing because you had the wrong political views. There is an entire generation that you know, through demoralization, through destabilization, will be raised to think that this is a normal and commonplace uh, part of life in America. When there was a time when there wasn't a TSA, when there wasn't a time where government overreach into every single one of our lives 
wasn't as big of a deal as it is now. And it wasn't as common of a thing as it is now. There is an entire generation of Americans who will be raised to think that this is a normal thing. And again, I've been talking to a lot of people in Australia and the concept of pushing back against a tyrannical government is lost on them because they were raised to not question the government and they were raised to always think that the government was the final and absolute say in their lives, that their rights were government given, not God given, that their freedoms were dictated and mandated by the government, not by God. And because they were raised that way and because it was culturally ingrained in them, that is why their country is where it is right now and why so many people have refused to stand up. Many of my Australian friends saying that neighbors are turning against neighbors and everyone's living in a state of fear right now because neighbors are straight up turning in their friends and family members to police if they're not wearing face masks or adhering to these guidelines and lockdown measures that are being put in place. So if we don't start teaching the next generation of Americans that, hey, government overreach and masking and forced vaccinations are not a normal thing, we will soon end up like Australia because we have seen these stages of subversion effectively take place in the past. And we are seeing the subversion of America effectively taking place right now in the present. And we need to act now or we will forever lose our country and our freedoms. So thank you guys again for sticking with me for another episode of Rapid Fire. Remember, guys, the sponsors of today's show were Virtual Shield VPN. Go to virtualshield.com forward slash sav for 50% off for life of this effective and affordable VPN. Also remember to do not let the government decide when you can go grocery shopping or when you can eat. Go invest in storable foods right now. Go to preparewithsavsays.com for 25% off your four-week or three-month food supply. Uh, again, I've seen Walmarts get cleaned out by looters and rioters. I've seen the government straight up shut down our entire economy, causing people to go panic by and leaving people without food, without water. I have seen the power grid here in Texas fail. And if it wasn't for emergency food, many people would just be SOL. I myself would not have been in a good situation, but luckily because of my four week food supply, um, I was able to, you know, have the proper things to get me through the situation. So again, prepare with go take advantage of those discounts. And again, remember too, uh, you guys can find this show on podcasts, Apple podcasts, Spotify, Google play Podbean. please go leave a five-star review. Please share this episode. Please share the show. Remember to like, and subscribe here. And remember, Remember to go to savsaysofficial.com because I do try to put up all of the things that I research so that way you guys can continuously find them and keep up with all of the insanity and madness because as time passes, it does get more and more difficult to find these specific topics. So thank you guys so much for tuning in. My name is Savannah Hernandez and I'll see you next time.